Hi, welcome to episode 468 of the Fantastic Forecast. I'm David Elliott, and I'm kind of like the Grey Gargoyle. Nobody wants me to touch them. Today, the 468th issue of the Fantastic Four is Fantastic Four Volume 3, number 39, from March 2001. Things Change, by Carlos Pacheco with Rafael Marin. The issue begins on the space station Alexandria, in orbit around the moon, where they've rebuilt the Baxter Building in space. I still feel like this is a very impractical place to build a Manhattan skyscraper. The old man Noah has just sent Reed, Sue, and Johnny down to the Brooklyn Bridge to help the thing. And he says to himself, Abby, that's his lady friend, it's nights like this I wish I'd stayed with you in Kansas. And he asks about Ben Grimm, and his men say they can't pick up any sign of him on the surface of Earth. And down on the surface of Earth, on the Brooklyn Bridge, Reed, Sue, and Johnny appear and find that Ben has been turned to stone by the Grey Gargoyle. And the Grey Gargoyle has a friend, some crazy lady, who put Gargi up to this as part of some kind of initiation rit ritual. Reed tells Sue that this area needs to be contained and tells Johnny to follow his lead. The Gargoyle leaps at Reed, who socks Gargoyle in the face, sending him flying into the brick support column of the bridge. The Gargoyle says to Reed, You have no idea what is at stake this evening. Yeah, Gargoyle's membership in the Playboy Club. Now, Johnny, Reed yells out. The Human Torch starts throwing fireballs at Grey Gargoyle, who tries to climb up the column, but Johnny grabs him by the cape and throws him back down onto the road. Reed punches him in the face again, and as Reed pummels him, he asks him what the so-called initiation test is all about. Sue suggests that if he stops hitting Grey Gar Gargoyle, he might be able to answer. The Gargoyle leaps up at Reed and grabs his face, hoping to turn Reed into stone. But nothing happens. Sue chimes in and says that it was her doing. He didn't really touch Reed's face, he touched a force field around Reed's face. Gargoyle tries to run away, but Sue puts up a force field around him and then sends him crashing back into one of the brick support columns of the bridge. They're really causing a lot of damage to a major New York City landmark. Ah, the new year of 2001 is not starting off very well for New York. Gargoyle cries out, Senso, help me! And the FF wonder who the heck Senso is. Sue wonders if it was that woman they saw him with earlier. Johnny says he's going to fly around and see if he can find her. But we see her disappearing into a crowd that is cheering on the FF. And back at the headquarters of the Gideon Trust, some bald dude wakes up wearing nothing but a white towel, and he says, Ugh, that was unpleasant. And on the other side of a mirror, the guy is being watched by a group from the Gideon Trust, and we learn that the bald guy is Pete Petruski. And they say that he was insignificant as Pacepot Pete, useless as the trapster, but now, they've completed the steps to turn Pete into one of their elite in-explorers. And now, with Travers, whoever that is, they can begin to mine the riches of the Negative Zone. You know, I know these guys are supposed to be the bad guys, but that sounds like a pretty good idea to me. Mine the Negative Zone. Why not? The guy running the operation, referred to as the Colonel, 
says this operation would be a lot easier if the portal to the negative zone had not been destroyed when Pier 4 was trashed, and he threatens to walk out. But the folks at the Gideon Trust remind him of his contract. Contractual obligations are why I still do this podcast. Oh, damn it, why did I sign that 10-year contract? I tell you what, 10 years and I'm gone. The guy from the Gideon Trust says to the colonel, The Gideon Trust takes your commitment very seriously. Those who do otherwise will suffer dire consequences. Beginning with Noah Baxter and the Fantastic Four. Ah, so that's Noah's last name. I just did a Google search. Noah Baxter is the architect of the Baxter Building. And I find that usually... You know, normally when people spend millions of dollars or billions of dollars to build a skyscraper in Manhattan, they want to name it after themselves or their business or give it some other cool name. They don't normally name it after the stupid architect. So back at the Brooklyn Bridge, the Avengers have finally arrived to help clean up the mess. Whatever happened to damage control? Has Pacheco forgotten them already? I hope so. At this time, more than an hour has passed since the battle with the Grey Gargoyle and all the people have turned back to normal, except for Ben, he's still frozen as a stone statue. Reed calls Noah to teleport them all back up to the space station. So they travel up to the space station, and they carry Ben with... Well, actually, Reed seems to be carrying Ben, who must weigh a ton. I didn't know Reed was so strong. They rush Ben over to the lab to get worked on. Oh, and they better hurry. I've seen those commercials. If you stay rock hard for more than four hours, you're going to need to see a doctor. So they transport Ben to the lab and drop his heavy rock ass on the table. Reed runs one scan and gets a reply from the computer. Prognosis, fatality. And another scan. Same response. Prognosis, fatality. And another, and another, and he keeps getting the same response over and over again. Prognosis, fatality. And after a while, the stone starts to fall off Ben. And Ben says, as Reed's jaw drops, First time in your life, you got nothing to say? So Reed calls Johnny and Sue into the lab, and they come running in to find that Ben has emerged from the gray gargoyle stone covering. He's also emerged from the orange rock covering, and he's back to being a normal human again. Reed theorizes that the gray gargoyle's powers must have integrated with the Diablo potion to turn big to turn Ben back to normal. Or maybe Carlos Pacheco got tired of drawing all them orange rocks. The thing must be a pain in the ass to draw. Noah comes in, and Ben recognizes him and says, Noah Baxter, you old walrus. Walrus? That doesn't sound like a particularly nice nickname. Noah, by the way, does not look like a walrus. Ben says he's sorry to hear that Noah, about Noah's daughter. She must have died, I guess. And Ben, not being a close enough a friend, haven't talked to Noah since. They tell Ben they're aboard a space station and working on restoring an important New York landmark. And they show Ben what that landmark is. The Baxter Building, floating there in space. And they take him aboard and show him around. Now for some reason, the four symbols have been absent from the FF's uniform for the last couple of issues. And here's why. Noah has these four Fantastic Four chest shields that he passes out to the members of the FF, including a small one for Ben's belt which seemed to enable them to connect with the building. Reed asked Ben if he still wants to be in the FF or go off and have a life outside of the FF. Of course, the last time Ben was a human, he willingly sat in a machine 
that would restore his rock monster powers. So it's not like being a human again and having a normal life is something that Ben wants anymore. He says, Listen, genius, we ain't called the Fantastic Three. You know, this reminds me, I'm so glad the book is named the Fantastic Four. I read an issue of the Avengers or X-Men nowadays and there's like a hundred Avengers and a hundred X-Men. Thank God for the name Fantastic Four. Maybe most readers like giant teams, but I prefer a superhero team with seven or less members. Like four, four is a good number. So the four of them go back to the hand panels that enable them to put their hands on it and turn on the building. And Ben says, you don't need Ben Grimm for this. Shut up and watch. And he concentrates and he turns himself back into the thing. He puts his hand on the uh, mechanism and the building activates. And back in New York City, at the site of where the old Baxter building was, and I guess where the Freedom for Fantastic Plaza was, or whatever its name was, there's a vacant lot. And on a nearby building, there's a sign that says Fantastic Four the movie, coming soon. Wow. You know, 2001 was a bad enough year. Good thing the country was spared another Fantastic Four movie that year. At a small office overlooking the construction site, a couple of guys, Ralph and Norton, are hanging out, drinking coffee, eating donuts, when they hear a loud noise. They look out, and they see the brand new Baxter building landing in its place. Now don't skyscrapers have to be secured deep into the ground so they don't, like, fall over or something? You can't just take a skyscraper and sit it down like that. Oh, I keep harping on this, but it seems like a very impractical way to build a Manhattan skyscraper. Even though it is good to see it back, it's a good-looking building. And I hated the design of the ugly old, uh, Four Freedoms Fantastic Tower, whatever it was. And that is the ever-loving end of the issue. If you have any questions about the Fantastic Four, about this podcast, or if you need relationship advice, you can email me at podcastff at gmail.com. You can download other episodes of iTunes and find them all at www.podcastff.podbean.com. So long, kids. This podcast is over. <laughs>